Checking your breasts for lumps every month is an important habit to keep for both women and men. Here to tell us more as we begin a five-part series on breast cancer is Dr. Ragulin Coyne. She's the director of the Comprehensive Breast Health Program at Emerson Hospital. This is the Health Works Here podcast from Emerson Hospital. I'm Aileen Ellis. Thanks so much, Dr. Ragulin Coyne, for joining me today. It's lovely to be here. So let's begin with what happens when you find a lump in your breast and you have a mild amount of breast pain. What does that mean? Does that mean that it's necessarily cancer? No, not every lump in your breast automatically means there's cancer, especially if there's uh, pain related to it. Most of the painful lumps are actually related to hormonal and fibrocystic changes. However, so if somebody has breast pain, most of the time, once we do the proper workup, which includes exam as well as imaging, that might include mammogram and ultrasound, a lot of times we can reassure the patient. However, occasionally when there's a lump with or without pain, and most of the time without pain, we definitely want to rule out cancer. And again, that's usually done with imaging as well as exam, and sometimes a biopsy is needed. But the great thing about imaging and the screening mammograms is the things that we can see on imaging is way smaller. So think more like a pea size lumps or abnormalities that we can really find early. Whereas if we only rely on exam, it really sometimes takes a while and, you know, only things quarter size or larger can really be appreciated even by experienced hands. Now, I know, for example, that you can have a mammogram or you can have imaging. Is that right, that you can have one or the other or both? Generally, the guidelines recommend starting with the screening mammogram, and at this point it could be either 2D or more new technologies, 3D with TOMO mammogram. And then selectively, we do ultrasound of the area of interest or concern. So what about if you do find breast cancer? Is it primarily found in older women or is it found in people with a family history of breast cancer? Who's likely to get this? You know, we look at the bell curve. Most of the patients, you know, the peak of the breast cancer is usually patients in their 60s and early 70s. However, just like with any bell curve, you know, you have patients of all ages. I think the youngest patient I've seen in my practice was in her 20s. And I think it's not uncommon to see patients in their 40s who had abnormal mammogram or find the lump that triggers workup that finds most of the time early cancer that needs treatment. Although, you know, some genetic abnormalities will cause patients to have much higher risk, lifetime risk of breast cancer. For instance, BRCA1 or 2 can give you lifetime risk, you know, 60 to 90% sometimes of breast cancer as well as associated increased risk of other cancers. Majority of the patients I see have no family history of breast cancer or ovarian cancer. I would say if we look at percentages of patients who actually have family history, it's probably, you know, 5% of my practice that has some family history related to cancer. The rest of them are random. And I assume we have to include men in this discussion a little because men can get breast cancer. Yes, it is a lot more uncommon and usually more likely to be related to genetic abnormalities. 
But certainly men can get breast cancer and if they do feel a lump or something feels different, they actually will still need a mammogram and an ultrasound as well as an exam and possible biopsy to get that checked out and rule out any pathology. So once the breast cancer is discovered, what are one surgery options? Do most doctors just rush into getting a mastectomy as the preferred option? So what we found, thankfully not. So what we found, you know, 20 plus years ago now is that patients can have a smaller surgery. And in addition, when this is done in addition with radiation, the long-term survival rates and outcomes are the same as for patients who have mastectomy. So if patient is a candidate for smaller surgery, which would be called a lumpectomy, we always try to offer it to the patient. And sometimes that means that we can switch the order of treatment, for instance, get chemotherapy first or endocrine therapy first to shrink down the tumor to make it smaller and now make it an option for the patient. But of course, every patient is different, and though, you know, most of the time we are able to offer that, as well as different types of lumpectomy with really good cosmetic outcomes, it is not always you know, possible for everybody. Well, let's talk about those cosmetic outcomes for a minute, because I uh, understand that you can have a second surgery after a lumpectomy that would help to make things feel more normal for the patient, and that's an oncoplastic surgery? Yes, it's actually not a second surgery. Most of the time, it's done at the time of surgery. So from the time we meet the patient and examine them, we potentially can think about where we can make an incision so that they heal better, they are not well noted. A lot of times we can hide it in the axilla or under the breast or in periareola area where the scar is truly not noticeable as well as we don't just remove the area. Now we, the oncoplastic techniques essentially mobilize surrounding tissue to fill in the created defect, which, you know, means that tissue is rearranged on the inside, but from the outside that, you know, the patient still has normal contour of the breast and a good cosmetic outcome. And sometimes even for patients with larger breasts, you know, if we are considering surgery for cancer, sometimes we can even do a breast reduction as a part of the surgery because since the tissue has to be removed, we just do it in conjunction with the plastic surgeon so the patient gets a good outcome and are able to feel better about themselves, you know, despite having to go through the turmoil of cancer treatment. Let's say the patient does have to have a mastectomy. Is it common for the patient to then feel disfigured or self-conscious about their looks? I think it is a very personal situation for everybody. I think there are so many different options, even for mastectomy, from nipple-sparing mastectomy, which gives you really nice contour of the breast and good symmetry, as well as good functional outcome. However, I think treating cancer and going through cancer as a patient, being part of that journey, certainly also has a huge psychological component. So I think sometimes the, you know, the cosmetic result and the surgery can be a success and the treatment can be a success, but the patients can still have long-term anxiety related to the treatment and worries about potential 
recurrence. And I think there's many factors that go into play, but certainly we can at least aim to have, you know, good functional outcomes, good cosmetic results so that when the patient wakes up in the morning, jumps out of the shower, that's not the first thing they think about when they catch a glimpse of themselves in the mirror. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, I think this was a great, you know, the great opportunity to talk to patients about importance of getting early screening, importance of following up on things if they find new findings, and just, you know, really knowing the options and doing the research because breast cancer surgery is not the same as it used to be. And I think knowing the options and asking about those options is always a great thing for the patients. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Coyne, for joining me today. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. Dr. Raghuvan Coyne is the director of the Comprehensive Breast Health Program at Emerson Hospital and a fellow of the American College of Surgeons practicing at Emerson Hospital. For more information on breast cancer, visit emersonhospital.org forward slash breast health. Thanks for listening to Emerson's Health Works Here podcast. This is the first episode in a five-part series on breast cancer. Our next topic will cover general reconstructive and aesthetic plastic surgery. Make sure to catch the next episode by subscribing to the Health Works Here podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be heard. I'm Aileen Ellis. Thanks for listening.